feed you the daily bread that you need today, and I'm sure he's going to do just that. Uh, before we get started, uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, I want to thank you first for all those of you who give, you donate, you give offerings to this ministry so that we can continue to do what we do at the pace we do it. Uh, cameras constantly have to be bought, uh, computers upgraded, uh, all sorts of things that people have no idea about purchasing. Uh, it takes all that to make a ministry run, to be able to be live with you or putting things on YouTube and, and at, at the level we do. I know you can take an iPhone and just set it in front of your face and do all kind of things today, but to be able to do what we do to make CDs and DVDs and to put these uh, things out there like we do, it takes money and to have people come in and work everything, it takes money. And so I, I thank you for those of you who give and those of you who don't, I pray that you you'd seek the Lord for I know he'll lead you to if you're eating and, and learning from this ministry I know it's the will of God for you to participate in giving to this ministry to help us keep going and even grow and reach farther uh, than we are now and so uh, we uh, at this point I'm going to the Philippines again in June it's going to take three thousand dollars to get me there We've uh, raised uh, $700, so you know there's tw uh, $2,300 left. Uh, it's going to take $4,000 to get our kids to youth camp this summer. Uh, we, we actually need another PC, another computer that's around $3,000. And before we can start building our new sanctuary, at this point, we need $60,000 more. Well, guess what? That's only a total of $70,000. Somebody's got that in their shoebox. One person could give that. If I had the money some of y'all got, man, we'd already have a sanctuary. Praise God. Uh, so uh, don't forget about our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. All these messages are uploaded there. You can go and listen anytime. And uh, also, we donate five expositor study Bibles every week to inmates across the land. I got a stack of letters that big, over 50 in my office right now. And again, we mail five expositor study Bibles every week. And it takes $995 ever of a month to be able to do that. And again, those of you who give, praise God and thank you for it. And those of you who don't, I encourage you to help us. And uh, so you can donate online at the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can send your finances to 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. couple more things. Uh, all God's works are done in truth. A little booklet, 62 pages I wrote last year, uh, derived from Psalms 33 and 4, for the word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. I like saying that, especially when you have the revelation of who and what the truth is, Christ and him crucified. This little book will, will bring much clarity of the scriptures into your life. And I just thank God for those of you who bought it and those of you who will. $15 for each little booklet you buy. And thank you for those who are purchasing, those of you who are helping the ministry with that purchase. One last thing to offer today is our newest preaching CD series, The Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There are 12 preaching CDs in this series and I guarantee the main topic of this entire message is that God offers righteousness to and upon all those who will believe and it'll bless your soul it's $25 unless you order any three of our series and then you can have those three for 60 and I'm thankful for those of you who are doing that and uh, God is good he's get, he's he's teaching us the truth of his word and I'm thankful for that one last thing uh, uh, Robin and I will be in Tuttle, Oklahoma, Saturday night and Sunday morning here just a couple of days away. And uh, I encourage you, if you're anywhere near Oklahoma City, uh, anywhere up in that area, Tuttle, Oklahoma, Newcastle, anywhere, just come on out and be a part of the meetings. If you uh, have any more information, you can call Pastor Tommy and Susie Wiedelman at 405-381-2807. Again, that's 405-381-2807, Cross Life Fellowship Church right there in Tuttle, Oklahoma. Praise God. Well, we're going to do something a little different this morning before we uh, get into the Word. I just really felt 
uh, the leading of the Lord this morning to pray before we start. Not pray and just ask God for a revelation of his word, but to pray today for all of you who are here and all of you who may be watching online. Uh, again, whatever day it might be. Whenever you're viewing this broadcast, that God would touch your body, the situations that you have in your life that, that need his touch on them, we're going to pray today. We're going to believe God for miracles. We're going to believe God for restoration. We're going to believe God to show up in your life and do what needs done, to turn around that thing that's going the wrong way, to, to heal up that thing that's been bound, to straighten that which has been crooked, and to strengthen that which has been weak. And we're going to ask him to do it right now. So I want you, wherever you are, I want if you could just join us in here this morning and join us online. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to seek your face. Lord, not just for ourselves and our issues, God, but for the entire body of Christ, for everything that's broken, for those that are going the wrong way, for those that have been seduced and duped, oh, Lord, by the enemy and deceitfully deceived, carried in the wrong direction. I pray, God, that there would begin to be a hunger for the truth of the gospel, the truth of your word. <clears throat> and I pray for those who have broken bodies and, Lord, spirits of infirmity have attacked them and, and it appears they're gaining ground. I pray, Lord, that you would rebuke every one of those spiritual infirmities in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would heal those things that are broken, straighten those things that are crooked. Lord, that you would raise up those people that are brokenhearted, giving them the joy of the Lord, delivering them from the fear of man bringing them back into the fear of the Lord. I'm praying for unity in your churches, God, those that can have unity, those that are preaching the cross. God, that the spirit of love would drive us, that our faith would be accurate, that we would glorify Jesus and magnify his name. Lord, there would be a greater unity in our churches than ever before. We thank you, Lord, for your healing touch. We thank you, God, for raising up that which is dead and making it live. We thank you for opening the blinded eyes, Lord, and the deaf ears. We thank you for restoring those marriages that are broken down and the relationships with the parents and the children, God, and the children and the parents, God. We ask you, Lord, to comfort those who, who've been, Lord, through all those shootings at school this year, 18 shootings at school just in this year alone. We're asking you, Lord God, to comfort and strengthen and restore that which the enemy has attempted to bring destruction and utter annihilation with. We praise you for faith. We praise you for grace and mercy and revival in those schools, in those cities, in those towns. We ask you for more churches and more preachers that are not ashamed of the gospel. We ask you to take down and to uproot and remove that which is hindering the way of the gospel. Hallelujah. We thank you this morning for giving us the daily bread that we need. Hallelujah, that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of your mouth, God. May we hear God today. May we have more than just a little Bible study. May we hear God today. May we be comforted and exhorted, Lord, encouraged and strengthened by your word. Hallelujah, giving us the wisdom we need to run this race one more day. We thank you, Father God, for this time we have today to gather in your name, to be able to hear from our Lord, be led by our God, and to be experience, experiencing the triumph that's in Christ every single day. Lord, we thank you for the miracles today. For those that will believe, Lord, I thank you for the miracles. Those that will believe, I thank you for the deliverance and the restoration. For those that will believe, I thank you, Lord, for ears to hear the truth today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, believe in God. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I just have to believe that when God lays such things as that on our hearts, that God wants to do great things. So we're going to believe God. We're going to believe God. God to, to hear from you. You can email me at Curtis Hutchinson at att.net or you can just type right there if you're watching on Facebook your, your prayer request. We'll pray for you again later or the needs that you have, whatever they are. Or, or you can just say whatever you want to say like so many people do during the broadcast. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, uh, here we are again today. This is our 15th session in the study of Galatians. 
and it is the 16th of February, 2018. And uh, again, our website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and there is our physical address on this old-timey chalkboard behind us. I kind of like that because I'm old-timey myself, praise God. And uh, I'm preaching an old-timey uh, but still all-powerful gospel, hallelujah. It's from way back before the world began, praise God. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world, and then everything God would do would be done through the revelation of the giving of his son. Even when God told Noah to build the ark, he told him to pitch it within and pitch it without. And the word pitch is the same word God uses for the atonement or reconciliation. I'm telling you, God saves. He saves to the uttermost. He saves inside and out. Hallelujah. I'm excited this morning. <laughs> Woo, praise God. Galatians chapter 2. We will begin this morning in, let me see where we left off last week. We'll begin in verse 3 so we can roll into where we're going today. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in who came in privately to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we gave place by subjection, not, not for one hour, Amen. that the truth of the gospel, everybody say the truth of the gospel, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Aren't you glad Paul stood his ground? Aren't you glad Paul said, no, 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 I don't need what you're offering. I got something better. Yeah. It wasn't out of pride. It wasn't out of I think I'm better. It was from what God had given him. And, and let's just stop here this morning and remind ourselves why we're even reading the letter to the Galatian churches. It was because these folks had been saved, filled with the Spirit, and miracles worked in their midst. But here they were now being led astray by Judaizers, led astray by those who would not go the way of the cross. They had much zeal in their own righteousness of the work of their own hands, but they did not have the knowledge of the way of righteousness in which God was offering. They rejected that. It's not they hadn't heard, it's they rejected it. It's no difference today, my friends, than those who try to add anything to the work of Christ for salvation, such as those that say Jesus really didn't finish it on the cross. He had to go to hell and suffer. They make him a liar because either he's, he, it was finished when he said it was finished or he's a liar. And those who try to add water baptism for, for the full, to, to be fully saved or those who try to add works even to their sanctification after they are truly born again. Then anything we add to the cross, we eliminate ourselves from the Holy Spirit working that truth of the gospel into our lives. So I need to say that again. When we add to the gospel, we remove the truth of the gospel. That's a powerful statement. When we add to the gospel anything we do, we remove the truth of the gospel. And, when, and I'm going to turn back and I'm going to read uh, verses 1 and 2 in Galatians 1 like we did when we were in the book of Ephesians to remind us who this is to. He says, Paul, chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. It wasn't just one local group of people. There were plural uh, a, a number of churches that had been raised up, people born again, filled with the Spirit of God, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, that is the witness of being baptized and full of the Holy Ghost, and, uh, and miracles were taking place in their churches, but here comes the people of law. Here comes the people from Jerusalem called the Judaizers, those that would, with all their might, try to make people think they're really not saved unless they're obeying the law of Moses, unless they're still subscribing to the law of Moses and following that way. And, and they're really, and these men we see in the scriptures here, it says that, it, let me see here. And verse 4 says, and that because, and that because of false brethren unawares brought in. They were brought in. See that? They were brought in. 
the powers that be brought them in. Hey, look, we got Paul over here. You know what? He's out there preaching, so we need to bring in some folk to, 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 to make a stand here. But they came in privately. Here the Bible tells us why they come in. Listen, when folk visit Crossway Church or any church preaching the cross, they come in because they're hungry for the truth, they want to know the truth, or they come in to spy out what kind of avenue they might have in deterring us from the avenue we're on. They're trying to get us out of the freedom we have. It's happened through the years. It happens in all. It'll happen in your life when the Lord is trying to get you back to your first love. He, the devil will send people to pervert what that even means. The devil's going to send people to you to try to get you to think that your first love means something other than you coming back to simple childlike faith in nothing but the cross. The place where you first saw God loved you and he gave you that love when you believed and you begin to love him. That's it right there, my friend. And people are always going to be spying on you to try to get you out of the liberty that they don't have. That's why they're trying to get you out of the liberty that they don't have. They don't have the liberty you have in Christ through your faith in the cross. Everybody who does not have simple childlike faith in the cross alone does not have the liberty we have. They do not have the assurance we have. Even if they will argue with you tooth and nail and stand on what they're standing on until they go to the grave, and it might appear like they have a greater assurance than you do. They do not because assurance comes by the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit gives us the assurance we have, and He won't bring assurance to your life unless your faith is in the one you can be assured in, Jesus, and what He did to prove you can have the assurance that the Holy Spirit will give you. He will not give you any, you have no assurance from God the Holy Ghost if your faith is in anything other than Calvary. You might have the assurance that 10,000 other people are believing the same lie you are, not knowing it's a lie, but, but you feel good because there's a huge denomination out there and people in every city who've been duped and seduced by doctrines of devils and now have added to the cross, added to the gospel, removing the truth of the gospel. And that's why these men were brought into this meeting to try to get Paul and Silas, or Titus that is rather, back to believing the law. So it sounds like Titus refused to be circumcised not only because he knew it was no longer required of God but because there needed to be a display to them of his stance in faith in Christ alone. I'm not getting circumcised because it's, I'm no longer responsible. I've been listening to Paul. He told me he's called of God. I know he must be because I was saved under what he told me. And it's not just in my head. The Holy Spirit saved me and assured me. And now my spirit bears witness with the Spirit of God that I am a child of God. Why would I doubt the man God sent to get me saved now just because somebody else is out there saying his ministry is not legitimate? And that's that's the reason, my friends, of the entire letter of Galatians to affirm the authority God had placed on Paul's life and to bring his people, God bring his people back through this apostle to the place of faith and grace. True faith and true grace. If we're not there, you can't even walk in love. If my faith is not in the cross, then I'm not being driven by love. And whether I realize it or not, I'm being driven by pride. Faith in the cross is the only thing that removes pride. When I move my faith from the cross, pride comes back again because the old sin nature is a prideful sin nature. And it revives when I move my faith from the cross. So it doesn't matter if grandma loves you with all her heart in an outward way, in a, in a way that she's showing you, cooking you meals and paying you light bill when you struggle. And she's got that way of just making you feel loved. But she's telling you, you got to be water baptized to be saved. Know this, my friend, it ain't the love of God she's loving you with. She can't because her faith is not right. Amen. They came in privately, and that's when you look the word privily or privately up in this particular word, it's defined as coming in alongside. They came in alongside people that pretended they, they wanted to hear the truth. They came into this meeting, but they came in to spy out 
the liberty Paul said they had. They're troublemakers. Uh-huh. They're troublemakers. And, 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 and you've heard this many times, but I'm going to read it to you again. Most of the time, the lie being told to God's people will come riding into town on the back of a truth. But you need to know this. Uh, uh, it will ne- the Holy Spirit will never, ever work the truth into your life if, if, it, if, it, if it comes riding in on the back of a lie. That means, that means you've got to believe in Christ and what he did at Calvary to be saved. That's the truth. But you're not really saved unless you're water baptized too. That's the lie that destroys the truth of the gospel. Because it removes the power of the gospel. Anything I add that I must do removes the liberty that comes, Jesus said, would come when I know the truth. Not when I do something, when I know the truth. Amen. So, the reason given here for the false brothers, and notice it's false brethren unawares. False brethren come in unawares. Those are the most dangerous people that will show up in a church. They're false. And and here's the bad thing about it, my friend. They don't even understand. They don't know they're false brethren. They think what they have is right, and they're coming in to help us out. There was a man about a a year and a half ago sent me a message. It was the last one I would receive from him, and he said, you will never be able to preach the cross that you're trying to preach unless you get what I'm trying to teach you. And it was all this Gnosticism today, all this false grace revolution stuff. I wouldn't accept it. I'm not going that way. So he told me that I would never be able to preach the cross like I could, like I should be, unless I was believing what he was saying. Well, that was the last conversation I had with him because that was the confirmation I didn't need to be listening to anything he said. I've been preaching the cross. Paul had been preaching the cross. And people are always going to show up and say, you could be preaching it better if you'd take what I give you to. You know, and if it and if it goes along, if it's the truth of God, word and points me to the cross and, 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 and what Jesus did not what I do but what he did and it doesn't change scripture then come on baby add come on give it to me I need the bread of life I want more but when you come tell me what I believed all my life has been wrong and you show me in the scripture something that you got to twist it to make it listen if a child can't get it it ain't gettable if a child can't get it, it ain't gettable. This is simple childlike faith. And if it goes over my head, that means it's over yours too. <laughs> and you don't even have what you're trying to put out, and it ain't, it ain't worth having. The gospel is simple. Black, white, yellow, brown, red folk can believe it. Poor, rich, ugly, pretty, rich, poor. It don't matter where they live. Anybody can get it. That's why the whole Bible's about Jesus. Anybody can pick a Bible up, and if they're being pointed to Jesus, they can see that. And a child, man, a young child, when he reaches that age of accountability, whenever that is, they can believe in Christ. And a person who's 95 can believe in Christ. It don't matter age. It makes no difference. It's very simple. When we make it hard, it's because we're under law. It's hard. The way of the sinner is hard. Mm. So the reason given here for the false brothers' visit was to see where they could possibly plant their lie to get Paul and Titus back under the law, back under bondage. Hmm. Let's look at uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 real quick. We'll get right back. The Bible here, and this this letter only gets deeper and, and more revealing as you go through it. It's a warning all the way through, but it's also a great, to those who would repent and come back, it's a great place of restoration and power to the place where God the Holy Spirit can work and, and you can know it's Him. And that's an important thing to say right there, my friend that you can be going through all the motions, doing exactly everything that God has called you to do, and you're doing them, and God can say, yes, you're doing them, but now you're only doing them by yourself. I'm not any longer doing that through you. It's you doing it now. And that's, that's brought out in the book of Revelation chapter 2. And, and we, we can be in that place. God can give us a work to do, and we, we can wake up one day and a letter come be standing in our face saying, you need to repent 
didn't turn to your first love. I see you're rebuking them. You're doing this. You're doing the work. I see you are patient and, 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 and all these things, but you've fallen from your first love. And if you don't repent and come back to simple childlike faith in the cross alone, that place of your first love, I'm going to take your light away. That's pretty serious stuff. So it doesn't matter you're doing everything that appears to be right and is right. It matters this, and God knows this, is he doing it? If your faith is in the cross, he's doing it. If it's not, he's not doing it. Oh, it looks right, and that's where the church is off track. We've we got all these things going on, and we're saying God gave us this to do. God gave us these ministries. Okay, hallelujah, praise God. But is he functioning through you to carry those ministries out? Because he's not just because you're doing them. If your faith is in the cross, he is doing that work through you. You need to understand, Jesus didn't die on the cross, get buried and raised on the third day to go sit at the right hand of the Father, so now it's just us. No, the work he did on the cross carries over in and through our lives by his Spirit. If he ain't doing it today, it ain't getting done and it ain't glorifying God. And that's why he would send that letter to the church of Ephesus and say, you better get back to your first love. I see what you're doing. It's right, but I got something there that's against you. You need to get back to your first love. So I can begin to function again through what I've called you to do. Up to this point, you've done falling off in a place where it's just you. And same thing was going on here in the churches of Galatia, except, man, they were, go they were being drawn back under the law. But watch this in Galatians 5. Verses, verse 1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What he's taught, remember, remember this whole letter is to the churches of Galatia. He's calling bondage here the law. It's a bondage. If you go back to them and if you read the next three or four verses, you'll see what he tells them. That if you do go after them, if you, unless you, if you, if you don't stand in this liberty, then you're going back to bondage. If you receive their life, you go back under the law, you remove yourself from grace. You remove yourself from the one that called you into the grace. You fall from grace. You're no longer now being affected or profited by Christ. And, and, and he's telling them the same thing here in the book of Galatians that he told the church in Ephesus in the book of Revelation chapter 2. You've fallen. We only fall from grace for one reason. Our faith becomes illegitimate, not honored by God anymore that means it's in something other than the cross amen now notice this I want to say something about this before we get back to our our main text today there is a difference between liberty and freedom they both really mean freedom but there is a slight difference we're being told to stand in something that made us free and it's called liberty here Liberty points to what Christ did. Christ liberated us at Calvary. He died. He tasted death for all men, Hebrews 2 and 9. All men. He liberated all men at Calvary. He made the way of liberation possible, the way of reconciliation possible, that all who will believe in him can be free from sin. In Romans chapter 6, I believe it's verse 7, says, He that is dead is free from sin. And when our faith is in Christ, that means we die with him at Calvary. And we become free from sin. But notice, Jesus died so we could be free. The, his cross, his death was our liberation. We're told to stand with our faith there. So that we can continue on in the freedom that he made us free so that we won't be entangled again with the yoke. The yoke. Listen. Jesus said, come unto me. My yoke is what? Easy. We don't want the yoke of the law because we can't stand under it. We can only stand in grace, in Christ. So that's the reason this whole letter is written to several churches in Galatia who were, they were going back under law. It wasn't going to happen. It was happening. 
in, 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 in chapter 1, verse 6, we covered it some time back, the Holy Spirit. we got to forget Paul saying, the Holy Spirit said through Paul, I marvel that you have so soon removed yourself from the one that called you. The one that called him was the Holy Spirit had called him unto the grace that Jesus offers through his death. Amen. Don't forget to notice how Paul is revealing the Judaizer's mask as he rips it off to these Galatians. This letter to the Galatians was Paul also ripping the mask off of these Judaizers. They're not right. And the whole thing that was going on there, they were saying Paul was lying and Paul was saying they're lying. One of them's lying. But who is it that had the revelation of Christ in the Scriptures? Who is it that God gave things to like uh, uh, the order in the church, how to live in victory? He didn't give it to those under the law because you can't live in victory. And here in this letter, God the Holy Spirit through Paul calls going back under the law a yoke of bondage. A yoke of bondage. And listen, folks, we, we need to get this out. He's not talking about just going back under the law of Moses and the law of the Jewish rituals and ceremonies. A law is anything you do. I mean, just two Sundays ago, a guy approached me after church and said uh, uh, his mother was telling him, you're not getting into heaven. His mother was telling him, you're not getting into heaven without water baptism. And I said, that's simple, my friend. That's something you do. And that's just a misinterpretation of scriptures. See, if people would look at the scriptures through the cross, they could understand the scriptures. When you see scriptures that say, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. If you're looking at that through the blood of Jesus, you're going to eliminate the meaning of that meaning. You've got to get water baptized for salvation because nobody's saved by works, and that is several places in the New Testament. And water baptism is a work we do. And you can't get saved by what you do when you believe that. Here comes that phrase again that I wasn't expecting, but God brought it out today. You remove the truth, which is your liberty, of the gospel. Without the truth of the gospel, everything else doesn't matter for you because you're under law. Doesn't matter that you love God. You can't function in that love if you move your faith from the cross. Doesn't matter you think you're covered by God's grace. God's grace, God's grace is not just something that covers you, that gets you through till, till the end. God's grace is God at work in your life. God saving you, sanctifying you, performing his work in you till the day he approaches. But listen, he can't do that unless your faith is in the cross. He can't just do it anyway because that's not the prescribed order he set to be able to function in our lives through. So if we would look at the scriptures through Calvary, they would make so much sense because the cross eliminates what? All our efforts, all our works, all our flesh. It eliminates us to the point of death. Think about that. We have nothing to offer. We have nothing to bring to the table. Oh, but you can preach. Oh, but you can sing. Listen, if you're not singing by the power of the Holy Spirit or preaching under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that's just you. And there's no rewards, even though you may be a Christian, there's no rewards for what you do. The rewards and the, and the treasures laid up in heaven are only for us when we get there based on what we allow him to do through us. Amen. Praise God. And any thoughts contrary to that means that you are wearing the yoke of bondage again. It grieves our heart to see people that think they have to do something other than simply believe to make it to heaven. Because when people tell me that, God shows me this picture of them being strapped in chains. Now, they may cry and lift their hands and, and, and claim they're worshipers of God, but you can't even worship God except in truth. And Jesus is the truth, and what he did at Calvary is what makes him the point, the object of your worship. Without the cross, Jesus can't be the object of your worship. 
because you can't worship him outside of spirit and truth. This is better than I thought it was going to be. Hope you're taking notes this morning. Watch this now. They wanted to bring Paul and Titus into bondage. Titus said, well, I'll be the first witness. I ain't getting circumcised. Because you know what? I'm already saved, and that didn't play a part in it. That's what was going on there. I believe that. And people today who truly get saved, yes, we want to be water baptized because the Bible is clear about that. We're to follow our salvation with the witness of baptism, the testimony of water baptism, because it is symbolic of, of what happened at Calvary. When we go down under the water, we died with Christ, buried with Christ, raised up to newness of life with him. But it can't save me. My friend, if you think water can save you, or anything you do can save you, you're really spitting at the cross. You're really spitting at God. Because we're not saved by law. The Bible says the law is not of faith, and anything not of faith is sin. Think about that. Think about And the law is what you do. And anybody under the law has a yoke of bondage on their lives. My goodness, can somebody say praise God? Woo! <laughs> I tell you what, there's a remnant in the earth today. God's got a remnant. It's not the most of those that claim to be Christians. It's not those who are out there living and singing, claiming God's grace is covering me till I get there. No, no, no. It's not the, the remnant is those who He's able to bring back to their first love or keep there. If you're there, praise God. They, those he's able to keep there, simple childlike faith, those who demand, I'm not listening to anything else. I'm determined to know nothing except Christ and him crucified. When I sit under a preacher, when I turn on a preacher, when I myself get in the word, I'm going to be listening for the truth because that's what the Holy Spirit's going to give me. Jesus said he's going to give me the truth, and that's speaking of him, Jesus said. Watch this in verse 5 now. <laughs> to whom we gave place by subjection? No, not for an hour. Amen. And that really means not for a second. Right. We didn't tolerate it. Yes. We stood against it. And he tells why he had to stand against it. You cannot sit there, my friend, and listen to people in false doctrine and not say anything. If you do, you're not operating in true faith either because true faith will contend for the faith. You can't be on social media and see somebody that you love posting something about how this or that saves you or I started reading this book and now I speak God's word and found the power of God working in my... No, you didn't. And you can't sit there. And, and a lot of my posts on Facebook are because I heard something or saw somebody uh, say something on Facebook and I instead of just sending them a message and blasting them or, or something, I just post scripture out there hoping they'll see that too, and the Holy Spirit will be able to bring them back to the truth of the gospel. Because let me tell you something, there ain't no truth outside the gospel. There's no truth outside the gospel, just like there, listen, I can prove, you say prove that preacher, I'm glad you put me on the spot and said prove it. The Bible says in, in Romans, let's look back at Romans, powerful book, maybe we'll teach that next. I'd love to. Paul says uh, here to the Roman church in, in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. We'll get this today. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Unto salvation to everyone that believes. I like that. It didn't say work. It said believe. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, and is, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Did you see where the righteousness of God is revealed is in the gospel. Nowhere else. And Proverbs 12 and 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God. So the righteousness of God is only found in the gospel 
But God says he that speaks truth reveals his righteousness. So the gospel, the truth, God's word, righteousness, they're all found in the one who is the truth. And the one who became our good news through his death on the cross. Did you get that? You can't separate any of that without the truth of who Jesus is and what he did at Calvary, you have no gospel. You have no good news. You have bad news. When you add what you do to what Jesus did, you, you add bad news to the good news, and it will trump the good news and put you back in chains. It don't matter if you're shouting hallelujah. This is the greatest thing since white light bread. It don't matter if you got tears rolling down your face. It don't matter your experience. It better line up with the word of God in truth. The word of God in truth. Amen. Not some word you took and ran with because Uncle Joe led you astray with it. God's word is truth. It's the sword of the spirit. It will slice you up and slay you unless you're seeing it through the blood, which is the way the Holy Spirit gives it. Through the blood. Because there is no truth except through the blood. Amen. So you saw that. Here, here Paul tells them in verse 5, Galatians 2, we, didn't give, we, we did not give them any place. As soon as we realized these folks had snuck in and they were trying to do something negative to bring a hindrance to what God had given us, we did not, we did, we, we did not subject ourselves to them. And he tells why. That the truth of the gospel might continue with you. For the truth of the gospel to continue, there must be a contending for the faith. Uh, listen, and if we're and here's where you might not like this, but it's reality. If you won't contend for the faith when the faith needs to be contended for, it's because you're being pulled already without your knowledge into that which is false. You must stand. I didn't say be ugly. I didn't say get obnoxious. But you must stand. You cannot ignore. When you're ignoring something that's in your presence, those that you know that's there telling you false, if you will not tell them what is true, either because you don't have Scripture for it and you can't, which you should, that is what being equipped for the work of the ministry is all about. If you can't or you just refuse not to for the sake of some false love and false unity, you, my friend, are already being pulled into that bondage again. Think about that for a minute. If somebody you love, somebody maybe you don't even know that you should love too, <laughs> is telling you something false, but you, you feel like, oh, if I, if I try to correct them, I might not get that promotion. If I, if I try to correct them, they're going to think negative of, me, uh, negative of me. If I try to correct them, they're going to they're think that, man, I'm, I'm not, you know, they're going to have negative. That's being bound already in the fear of man. You can deliver yourself if you bring your faith back to Calvary. And then Jesus, by the power of his spirit, can deliver you and give you the faith you need, that measure of faith, that strength, that courage you need to contend for the faith. And here's what's driving all that, true faith that really works by love. That you will be more concerned about their soul than you are your promotion or you are your relationship with them as an outer appearance. See, the church today... They're not contending for the faith. They're contending for a unity at the cost of the faith. They're throwing away the faith for the sake of unity. And it's a false unity, my friend. If, if, if our unity is not found through the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us, then we have a false unity. That's why preachers won't preach the truth. Number one, they don't know it for sanctification. Number two, when they hear it, they reject it because they think they might lose their salary, they might lose their pulpit, and you know what? That's very likely. But it's better to have a house full of 10 or 50 preaching the gospel than it is 5,000 preaching law. And, and you know what? So many men call themselves apostles today, but unless they line up with the apostle Paul, unless they become determined to know nothing else, they're not apostles because they're starting churches. 
the devil's starting churches. They're apostles if they're preaching the message of the cross. If they're contending for the faith. That's what makes them an apostle. Amen. Praise God. So let's look at this again. Paul said, we didn't give... And, and notice, this is, he's telling the Galatians this about what happened in Jerusalem because he wants them to stand. He wants them to stand. He's telling them, he's referring them to their stance for the gospel even among what they might have called the elite. And there was a major divisional problem in the early church between the Jews, Christian Jews, and the Gentile Jews. And that's not God's intention as we covered last week. We're all one in Christ. That wall of enmity has been torn down, the Bible says. We, the two have become one in Christ Jesus. There is no difference. So anybody that's even preaching there's a different way for the Jews than there is the Gentiles, those people are bound in chains under the bondage of law. Ignorance God doesn't wink at, but commands men everywhere to repent. Every person to repent. Amen. Mm. To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour. And the reason he gives is that the truth of the gospel. See, the truth is the power of the gospel. The preaching of the gospel is the power of God. Why? Because it's the truth of God. Jesus said, I am the truth. He is the truth. He's the way. He's the life. There is no truth, way, or life outside of who He is. And the only place to enter into who He is is at the cross. I've heard Brother Swagger say it for years. The only way to God is through Christ. And the only way to Christ is through the cross. And the only way to the cross is through a rejection of self, a denial of self, and accept what he did. Not my way, but what he did. And unless I've accepted his complete, whole, finished work at Calvary without anything I add, then I'm still lost. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.3, He purged us by, he, by Himself. He purged us from our sins. We, we did not help Him. We couldn't play a part in our salvation except believing. That's it. Paul said to the Galatians and to us that He gave no place to them but the door. <laughs> There's the door. You can either stay and hear my gospel or you can leave. And that's happened through the uh, 12 and a half years we've preached the gospel here in, in uh, Queen City in Atlanta, Texas area. There have been people that come in, they just didn't like it, and they've even tried to talk to me about certain things. And people on social media tried to talk to me and lead me away. You know what? All I got to say is you're going to believe what I preach because I preach what Paul preached, that's Bible, or you're going to hit the door, my friend. I'll love you when you come in. I'll love you when you leave, but you ain't changing my mind. I'm not going to stop loving you or praying for you, but I'm not going to change. I'm not, the only thing that's going to change me is the Word of God. That's the only thing going to change me. There have been people that have come in and gave big money, and then after a few months expect me to try to uh, go after them, lead, go with their leading, and I always just smile and say, we'll be praying about it, and it ain't about two or three weeks later. They leave, take their money, and try to buy their way into another church. Listen. Money didn't get us in, and money not going to lead us. The Holy Spirit, hallelujah, did the operation of God through our faith in the shed blood of Jesus. And that's the only thing the Holy Spirit will continue the work of Christ in today. Paul knew that. Paul received that of the Lord. Paul had to stand not only against these Judaizers, but against Peter himself face to face. It's in the New Testament. Peter subjected himself to what Paul gave him. He even called it later the Scriptures. I'm thankful for that unity. See, if our faith is in Christ, really in Christ, as who He really is and what He really did, that we can't add to, there will be a unity that's, that's never been experienced by many in the church. 
This unity, this biblical unity is not experienced by many even in the church today. Most folk come to church just waiting for somebody to offend them. They're on guard so, they're on guard so bad. All it'll take is one wrong wink, one wrong lack of this, one wrong note in a song. All, they, they, some folk go to church and if the person they don't like lead, is leading worship, they'll go back home. Some folks sit and listen to the message with eyes wide open. You think they're starving and hungry for the word. No, they're sitting out there just waiting on you to make one error. They're just looking for an excuse to go back home and call themselves a, a media member. <laughs> Instead of being in a local church where they could be planted and flourishing and edified and constructed by the Holy Spirit, uh, proven a faith that works by love, even in the toughest of relationships and times. Can I get a witness up in here today? Hallelujah. We do not share pulpits, nor do we fellowship with those who refuse the way of sanctification, being the way of the cross. And we mark them, which means we point them out, because that's what Paul did. We don't point people out that come to Crossway Church and, 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 and did something ugly. We might point them out among our people, but we're not going to point them out to social media and everybody else, to the world. We're going to point those that are out there preaching false doctrine, though. There are lots of folk come to church and cause a big stink just because they're in the flesh and they won't receive the, the way of the cross by faith to get out of the flesh and do dumb stuff and then leave. Well, I ain't going to get in the pulpit and preach them. Amen. Why do we do this? So that others who may not be as mature or discerning will not be caught off guard like we were in the past. The whole purpose of the Galatian letter was to a people that had been caught off guard, seduced. They thought by going back under the law, they were going to be doing more for God. Man, we're saved. We've got this zeal. now. And, and James and the boys in Jerusalem were caught up in that very thing. Now we can serve God more by the law. God, God can't be served under the law even by a Jew. He did away with the old that he might establish the new. And let me quote those two scriptures again. Anything, the law is not of faith. That's a scripture. Would you like it? Let me turn back here and give it to you. I read it to you. Galatians 3.12 tells us the law is not of faith. Think about that. The law is not of faith. And anything not of faith, the Bible says, is sin. So those under the law, they're not in the faith. So although James and he pastor of the Jerusalem church and thousands upon thousands of people had been born again, but they weren't really accepting the liberty of what Paul preached. They thought, okay, and we'll see next week how that was good for the Gentiles and we agree to that. We give glory to God for what Paul and you boys are doing out there to the Gentiles. But we got something going on in here in the Jerusalem church. And there was a separation there. And here's what we know. And this is a fact. It don't matter how saved you are. If you're still operating under the law, you're still bound. A bound Christian. These Christians in Galatia who Paul had written to, they didn't lose their soul yet and hopefully didn't, but they were fallen from grace. And grace is this, simply God working in your life, doing what you can't do, something that needs to be done that's good for you. And he can't do that if you fall from oh, that place, the place he works. And I always, at this point, like bringing in Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. Just because you can't explain that, just because you've never heard that, does not mean that that's not right. Because it's God's word. And it's written just like I read it. For the word of the Lord is right, and we know God's word is truth, and all his works are done in truth. If God's working in your life and bringing you along and maturing you, 
It's not by you rejecting him. He is not working. He is not performing what needs to be performed. You can't just quote Philippians 1 and 6 that he will be faithful to perform. You can't have confidence that he will perform that which he began if you have turned away from that which allowed him to begin and to continue. The importance of Jesus' teaching on abiding, continuing, remaining in him. Praise God. See, the church doesn't hear this. The church hears music every day all over the radio, on any Christian radio. We can't ever be removed. God will never leave us. He'll never forsake us, and that's a truth. But you can remove yourself from him, and that's what this letter to the Galatians is about. They were steadily at a rampant pace, removing themselves from the one who'd called them. And you can go on singing, he'll never leave me, he'll never forsake me. You can quote scripture and have tears and all these things while you have removed yourself from him the whole time. That's why it's called seduced, my friend. Seduced. We've been duped by the devil too long. It's time to go up to the high places and chop those lies back down. Hallelujah. And that's done through the truth. It's done only through the preaching of the gospel. You can get mad at the devil and shout him down, but he'll be whooping your hind end while you're shouting at him. You can quote scripture to the devil all day. It will never defeat him. And you might say, well, Jesus quoted scripture and the devil left him. He didn't leave because Jesus quoted scripture. He left because he found a man believing the scripture. Hallelujah. God ain't never moved on your life because you quoted a scripture. He moves when we believe the scriptures in the light of who the one that said the scriptures were about him is Jesus. John 5, 39, you search the scriptures because you say you have life there, but they are they which testify of me, for I am the life, and no man lives except he eat my flesh and drink my blood, and it is those that dwell in me and me in them. Read chapter 6 of John, and you will see Jesus teaching that only those who dwell in him continue, remain in him, are those who eat his flesh and drink his blood. That means we keep our faith in what he did as the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Hallelujah. He paid it all. We can't add to it. And when we do, we remove the truth, which is the power of the gospel. That's why we've come back by the power of the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Spirit in these last days to preaching the gospel, the true gospel that presents the righteousness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. And as I said today before we began this teaching, God's grace is not something that just covers you till you get there and just overlooks all your sin. No, God's grace is what saves you out of your sin and empowers you to live where sin no longer dominates you, Romans 6, 14. And mercy is not God's overlooking of your sin. It's His forgiving of your sin when you come to Him through the blood by faith. Hallelujah. See, we must remain in a place where our faith stays in the cross. That's called standing in the liberty wherewith Christ made us free. When we go with Grandma or Uncle Luther or Aunt Bessie out back out to the doing, and for years, Christians, they're there by the millions in our own nation. Our faith is in our giving. Our faith is in our doing. And those are right biblical things. But again, you need to read Revelation chapter 2 and see the Lord was telling them what you're doing is right, but it's just you because you've fallen You've fallen from your first love, that place where you first trusted in me and, and faith was true, faith was real, empowered, driven by my love for you and I was the one working in and through you and now it's just you. Now it's just you. And I'm telling you, I was there. I speak from experience. I was a Galatian caught up in this, in this new age world where so many things are taught as the gospel and the Lord showed up and allowed me to lose my home, my land, my vehicles. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But the whole purpose is to get me back to the place where there's liberty and freedom, where he can function in me, where I can abide in him and his word in me. Praise God. 
The whole purpose of the Galatian letter was to get a people of God saved, filled with the Spirit, and miracles in their church had taken place back to the place where he could function as their Lord. It's huge today. It's huge today, but more and more people are going to come out of it. I'm declaring it today. More and more people are going to come out of that. There is a remnant elected by God's grace. Hallelujah. We'll see you right here next week. Don't forget to pray for us. We're praying for you, expecting big things of the Lord. We love you. God bless you.